You and I already know about the prospect of Brady House and what he has done so far this minor league season, but he's not the only one that you got to look out for because there is another third base prospect, and I think he's legit. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. To the everydayers out there, you know who I am. I'm Ryan Clary. You can find me over on Twitter at RyanClary11. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Nationals on Twitter as well. Later on in the program, we're going to preview this Phillies Nationals series as we got a lot to talk about with this three-game set. against some former Nationals. We'll preview that a little bit later. But yesterday, for the trade deadline, I gave you the people who I think are gone, who will be traded no matter what. Today's show, it's about who could be traded, and there are some big names on this list. I'm going to get into that later on. But today, right now, to start off, we got to start talking about these Nationals third-base prospects. You may ask why. Why are you going to do it today? What is the problem with doing this today? Well, we talked a lot about J. Mayor Candelario, and we've seen a lot of reports come out, like from John Morosi the other day, who said that the Nationals are shopping third baseman J. Mayor Candelario. Now, these two third base prospects that we're going to be discussing on today's program, they're not going to be coming up to the majors this second. In fact, Brady House, former first-round pick in the 2021 draft, fell the Nationals there at 11th overall. The second third base prospect that I will be talking about is Trey Lipscomb, the third round pick out of the University of Tennessee just last year, and his numbers are stellar. We're going to talk about Brady House first and then get into Trey Lipscomb because Trey Lipscomb is someone who could be in the majors as early as next May or maybe even maybe, maybe a September call up depending on how he hits in this year. But let's start talking about Trey Lipscomb. Trey Lipscomb, like I said, was a third-round pick in the 2022 draft from this Nationals team. Played at the University of Tennessee and was one of their best hitters in last year's squad. Now, if you remember, if you're not a big College World Series fan, you'll know that Trey Lipscomb and the rest of the University of Tennessee there, they had some dogs on their team, as some people would say. Trey Lipscomb was their third baseman. Not only did he play a stout defensive third base for them, but he got it done at the plate, having a 1,000-plus OPS. The guy killed the baseball last year as a first-year starter as well, which was even more impressive. But as we get into Trey Lipscomb, let's look at his numbers here. We've always talked about Wilmington being a very tough ballpark to play in. And we talked about it with James Wood and how impressive it was to see him have one of the better slugging numbers in all of Wilmington's history since back in 2011. Trey Lipscomb was on that same path. Now, while he wasn't as successful as someone like James Wood was, in 49 games in Wilmington this year, the guy put up a 250 batting average and a 698 OPS. Now, while that might not seem crazy impressive, that's not insanely impressive whatsoever but he got promoted to double a Harrisburg and so far through his 16 games there he's got a 492 slug with an 815 
OPS on this young season. Trey Lipscomb is someone that the Nationals are very high on. I've heard some rumblings between the organization and player development side. They really like this kid. They like the upside of him. He's got a little power. He can hit for average. He plays a solid defensive third base. This is someone who's going to get a crack in the big leagues within the next year or so. And that is no case about it because this guy is a legit prospect in my mind. When I see Trey Lipscomb, I see a fast riser in the organization. I see someone who has the ability to be a top 10 prospect in the national system. And I truly do mean that. Because dating back to his Fredericksburg games just last year, he only played in 23 games in Fredericksburg, but even then he was successful. Batting 299 had a 719 OPS. Now, while those aren't world-beating numbers in low A Fredericksburg, this guy still has it. And also, he played a full college season that whole entire summer. Give the kid a break. But this year is what has been so impressive about Trey Lipscomb and what he does. Trey Lipscomb has that ability to play a solid defensive third base, but he also has that utility infielder vibe with him as well. With a power bat off the bench. And while he's not some 35 home run guy a year, this guy could put the ball out of the yard. I would say 20, 25 home runs is kind of his peak. Now, this is not something that you will see right away. In fact, it won't be. But the thing about Trey Lipscomb that is so really just overwhelming to me about this prospect is that the consistency is there. You know what you're getting from Trey Lipscomb. You're getting a solid third base. You're getting a hit for average kind of guy. You're getting someone who does have pop. And while his production may not be all the best in the world, still what he has done so far in AA Harrisburg, getting the promotion up to a much better hitter's ballpark, the numbers are showing. The slugging numbers are up. His hits are up. Everything about what he has done so far in Wilmington has transferred even better up to double-A Harrisburg. So that is someone that you guys need to watch out for. And that kind of goes as to why the Nationals could be shopping third baseman Jamar Candelari. Because as I said, I do expect him to get called up next year. But there is an outside shot considering that he's in double-A now and the way that he's been hitting through 16 games there. He could be getting called up to triple-A and then fast-tracked up to the major leagues to meet us in Washington, D.C., that is a total possibility for Davey Martinez and this staff. We'll just have to see what they do. But let's talk about first-round pick Brady House. Brady House so far this season. He had his back injury last year that kind of shut him down for the rest of the season at the start of June. His numbers weren't that great in Fredericksburg and all to begin with as well. He only batted a, a 731 OPS in those 45 games that he played in Fredericksburg. Not amazing. Fast forward to this year, he has killed the ball. He's got an 898 OPS between Wilmington and as well as Fredericksburg. But Wilmington is what has been even more impressive. We talked about James Wood and the slugging numbers that he put up there. Brady House said that's cute. He's got a 628 slug through 10 games in Fredericksburg. No, not to mention the way that he's been hitting so far this season. We know about the power that Brady House brings. We've already talked about it. We've discussed it. 60-grade power. This kid has pop, especially for someone of his age. Coming out of the Georgia high school ranks, they all raved about his ability to play a solid defensive shortstop. Well, the Nationals took his shortstop position, switched him over to third base, and it has translated perfectly well for them as 
I don't think he's made too many errors over on that hot corner so far in Wilmington. But what he has done so far in a not-so-hitter-friendly ballpark as he adds a home run in last night's contest, Brady House is now establishing himself as the second-best prospect in this organization, only behind James Wood, who's a top-10 prospect in any category you ask about. Brady House is the guy that we got to watch for going forward. Now, he's not going to get the crack at first with Trey Lipscomb ahead of him. But once Brady House comes up, you're going to feel his presence just from what he has established himself to be. In my opinion, I think a lot of these MLB Pipeline and Baseball Americas, while these rankings aren't fully up to date, up to whoever it may be, Brady House is going to take the biggest jump in this organization, and it's not even close. Just from what Brady House has done and what he has established himself to be so far in the minor leagues, this guy is a power bat, a legit power bat who's still growing, who's still going to be adding on more muscle and will still continue to hit for that power. But what's the most impressive part about House besides the defense, in my opinion? is what he has done with his batting average. And while batting average is one of, not that important to me when it comes to Brady House, just because his power is what is known, and that's what I want to see, it's also just another plus to this kid's game. Because that's not really what he's known for. He was never supposed to be an average hitter, a hit-for-average kind of guy. What Brady House was supposed to be was that power bat, taking the ball to right center field, finding the gap and playing a solid defensive shortstop or third base, whichever one he ends up as, he'll be a third baseman. But what Brady has done in Wilmington, as we raved about all these different things, when it comes to this Nationals organization, when it comes to the Wilmington Blue Rock Stadium, is that hitters notoriously don't hit for power. Well, not only this year, James Wood hit for power, some of the best power they've seen in a decade. Brady House is now blowing away those numbers in Wilmington. And I think we're going to see this trend. And Brady House, by the end of the season, could be in double A, the way that he's been hitting so far. The key to him is he's got to stay healthy. He has to continue to stay healthy and build on. Because I truly do believe if he didn't get hurt last year, he could be in double A at this moment. I truly do believe that he is that good of a prospect moving forward. So he is certainly someone that we all have to keep an eye on because we talk a lot about James Wood. We talk a lot about all these different prospects. Don't forget about Brady House. I'm telling you right now, Brady House is the second best prospect in this organization by far and away. The Nationals play the Phillies tonight at 6:10 Eastern time. Weird start time, but you can catch every pitch of the Nats hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search nationals there before i tell you guys about the maybe category of this year's trade deadline and who may be traded because there are some big names on this i gotta tell you guys about our friends over at fanduel and take your first swing at betting mlb on fanduel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to 200 that's right just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the overrunner to who you think is going to the first home run. All in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid 
instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Now we get back into it as yesterday I talked about the people who will be traded. Not maybe, who will be traded. On today's show, we're going to preview who could be traded. Now these things, not all of them are realistic. But these are the guys, if I was the GM, who I would still kind of dangle over teams and say, this guy's on the market. This guy could be traded. So let's start off with getting number one out of the way. In my opinion... This has just got to happen. Hunter Harvey. I love Hunter Harvey. You've seen him in closing situations this year, but mostly he's been the most successful as a setup guy in the seventh to eighth inning. Hunter Harvey has got the stuff to be a closer. No doubt about that. The Nationals could very well keep him and be perfectly fine with Hunter Harvey. But what I would do, as we talked about in yesterday's show, teams prioritize bullpens come this deadline. And it's not just this deadline. It's really any deadline. Because the postseason teams who are buyers, they need the bullpen depth no matter what it is. And not Dominic Smith, but Hunter Harvey, the way that he's been pitching in the back end of the bullpen, it hasn't been that pretty since the month of April. He's had a lot of ups and a lot of downs. A lot of downs. But Hunter Harvey still has the stuff to be a competitive big league reliever. And I think in these pressure situations coming into close, I just don't think that's his role. But guess what? These winning teams won't be asking him to do that. And I think that is a priority when it comes to teams at the deadline trying to gather relievers and get their ducks in a row. Because Hunter Harvey, he's got the stuff. He's got the wipeout slider. He's got the 99 to 100 mile per hour fastball that he just sits there constantly for. He's got the swing and miss potential. Hunter Harvey's going to be a name on this deadline. And if I were Mike Grizzo, I'd be dangling him over teams, try to get a little bidding war going on for him. Because Hunter Harvey, he's got a lot of years left. He's still relatively pretty young. And the Nationals could take advantage of this and ship him off this deadline. Now, what are you going to be getting back? Maybe a top 15 prospect or an organization. But you may remember when we traded away Daniel Hudson, his value wasn't that high with us while he was still good in that 2021 season. We got, I believe, the 10th prospect of from the San Diego Padres. You know who that was? Mason Thompson, 24-year-old. Really damn good. That turned out pretty well for the Nationals. That is the kind of move that you could be looking for when it comes to trading away someone like a Hunter Harvey. Starting rotation guy, Trevor Williams. You may ask yourself, why trade Trevor Williams now? Well, if you remember last year, what that role that he played with the Mets, not only was he a starter and a spot starter in particular, This guy came in out of the bullpen, and that's really where he's been most successful on so far in his career. Now, in 2023, he's been one of the Nationals' main starters. He's been healthy, and for most of all, he's been relatively very good. Starting pitching is also in the same category as when it comes to bullpen depth. Starting pitching is a need for every team. Mostly every postseason team going into a deadline, you're going to trade for a starting pitcher, someone who can start but also can come out of the bullpen. That is where Trevor Williams comes into play. Trevor Williams is like that utility fielder, like an Ildemar Vargas we talked about on yesterday, someone that you can use in multiple different situations, someone who can come out of the bullpen, 
eat innings for you, make a spot start, or just make a start, and you'll get three to four runs out of him. It's fine. It's nothing terrible. You need guys like that for a postseason run. So Hunter Harvey and not Hunter Harvey and Trevor Williams, both of those guys will be kind of hot commodities on come this trade deadline. Now, I don't really see the Nationals moving on from someone like Trevor Williams. They have an option going into next year. I do believe the Nationals and Trevor Williams will probably go into that and do business again. And then next deadline, that is when you'll 100% see him chipped off. But 31 years old, relatively young. He's got some time left. He's got a year and a half of control left. I think teams will bite the bullet when it comes to Trevor Williams. I certainly think that he will be dangled like a little carrot for those postseason teams. Now, here's when we got, here's where we get a little steamy, a little steamy. Center fielder, Victor Robles. Victor Robles could be on the trade block come this deadline. With the way that Alex Call has played when he's come up, played a solid defense, wasn't great at the plate, but he's a tough out. He runs up the pitch count. You see Victor Robles and what he does. A defensive first kind of guy while he's awful on the base path. He's had one of his better years hitting, especially since 2019. 2019 was his number one season by far and away. Since then, it's been regression after regression after regression. But since this year, obviously he's hurt now. He's still dealing with that lingering injury that he's had for a while now. But when Victor Robles is healthy, I think the Nationals could look to move off him. There was tiny, tiny rumors at last year's deadline that the Yankees were looking for someone like a Victor Robles, someone who can come in, play a defensive center field for them, and they'll have some years of control left. They ultimately traded for Harrison Bader. It's worked out pretty well for them. Victor Robles will also have a market come this deadline. While he's not the easiest one to ship off, he's still only 24, 25 years old. He's young. He still has potential. The Nationals still like what Robles can do. But I'm kind of tired of it. I'm tired of the Victor Robles experiment. And while he has been good this year in the limited time that he's played, I'm just still not buying this turnaround. So right now, I would kind of do what a lot of GMs would do. I'd sell high. Get what you can for him while you can. You have James Wood. You have many different prospects who could be coming up over the next year or so. Time to move off them. I love you, Victor. I love Robles, but it's time to go. It's time to move on. It's time to look forward to the future. Because Victor Robles, when he does play, he has been effective. But what kind of role does he really have going forward with this organization? Because to me, not much. There's not much to do with Victor Robles anymore. And I do think a team could use that kind of depth in the outfield and be a fourth outfielder or hell, even a plug-in starter for the rest of the season. Because the way that he's been hitting, if he continues to hit that way, he's a value to the Nationals and as well as another team. So first and foremost, he's going to have to get healthy and figure out what he can do. Now, this is the one that Nationals fans will not like. Will not like. Lane Thomas. Now, again, this is the maybe category. But as we said with Victor Robles, the reason why Robles could be sold is because he's having one of his better seasons to date. Lane Thomas is having an all-star kind of season. He's been the Nationals' best player by far. One of the best hitters in this organization by far. It it hasn't even been close, to be frank with you. While he's not an all-star starter, he certainly is going to be an all-star in my opinion. 
I'd be stunned to not see him chosen for that all-star game. But Lane Thomas, if you were to sell high for him, as Jesse Dockery wrote in the Washington Post the other day, check that out if you can, the time to sell someone like a Lane Thomas would be now. Because you can get a good prospect in a good haul in return for someone like a Lane Thomas. He's got two and a half years up the control. A team could use that. And the way that he's been hitting at Nationals Park and on the road in particular, this guy has been a menace to the pitchers. And also, oh, by the way, he's got one of the best defensive ratings in all of right field, in all of baseball, let alone the National League, in all of baseball, the way that this guy has been defensively has been stout. And that is why the Nationals could look to move on from someone like Elaine Thomas. Now, while I don't think it's likely, they certainly will be taking calls on him. You have to in this picture. What if a team offers a very good prospect in return? Like we're talking a top 50 prospect in all of baseball. Then we're talking. We might see Lane Thomas traded at this deadline if an offer is reached. They're not going to sell him for scraps. You got to give up something big when it comes to Lane Thomas. And a team certainly could cough up some prospects and think about that. Dominic Smith is also another name who may be traded at this deadline, but I don't think he will. I don't think he will, and that is why it's because his bat. His bat just hasn't been consistent enough, and while his defense has been awesome, you're not really looking to buy a defensive first baseman when it comes to this deadline, at least not with the teams right now. I just don't see it happening with someone like Dominic Smith. His bat hasn't been as consistent as you'd like. And at that first base position, you kind of need power in 2023 in order to compete in any capacity. If you were to play any defensive other positions like in the outfield, which he has done before, but even then, what type of value does that bring? Because right now the value is his defense. And that defense is not going to translate to a postseason team that so desperately needs offense from that first base position. But even then, it's a maybe for Dominic Smith, someone who could be traded come this deadline. But that was the maybe category of the Nationals trade deadline. They're not going to be traded, but they could be. And I listed those reasons as to why they could be traded in that last segment. So the Nationals play the Phillies tonight at 6.10 Eastern Time. Catch every pitch of the Nats Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. Now it's time to preview the Philadelphia Phillies and the Washington Nationals Series as it is a great day tonight. We're going to preview that right after this. And the Nationals do play the Philadelphia Phillies tonight. And we all know when Josiah Gray is on the bump, On a Friday night, how does that feel? Well, they're going up against Christopher Sanchez, the 26-year-old for the Philadelphia Phillies. He's only made three starts this season, but has looked relatively pretty good. A 105 whip so far. He's faced some really good teams so far this season, as has Josiah Gray. But the thing is with Christopher Sanchez is that he hasn't had that much work so far in 2023. And when I say he hasn't had that much work, he hasn't really faced this scrappy Nationals lineup. And I say that with a little tongue-in-cheek. When we play the Phillies, are you with me on this? When we play the Phillies, it feels different. 
especially when we go up to Philadelphia. Just from all those memories of Jason Worth breaking his wrist and them cheering when Jason Worth broke his wrist or booing, whatever they did, it was disrespectful as hell. I want to stomp on the Phillies this series. Well, you got Josiah Gray, and you have Mackenzie Gore going this series. We're not the Philadelphia Phillies. This rebuild ain't going to take a decade like the way that it took them. You didn't make the playoffs until 2022 with Bryce Harper after signing him in 2019. The Phillies have had all the talent in the world, and they are the blue-collar blueprint for how to not rebuild. It should have not taken that team a decade to rebuild the way that it did. You had to sign some big, silly player like Bryce Harper. And guess what? It still took you a few years to get to that playoff run. And this year so far, let's call it as it is, it's been a disappointing season. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care about Andrew Painter's injury, although I do care about his injury. I don't want to see him injured, but you can't use that excuse. You made a ton of improvements, improvements in quotes, this offseason. How's that really worked out? Trey Turner not having that much better of a season than someone like a C.J. Abrams. Bryce Harper, while he's come back from injury and he's looking good, he's still not his MVP self. Kyle Schwarber, while he's been a little bit better as of recent, he's still not the Kyle Schwarber of June 21. All these things that have gone into this Phillies season, this Phillies team isn't as big and as mighty as what it looks like on paper. Trust me, this Phillies team, they got an Achilles heel. And that Achilles heel is good pitching. And they're going up against a great one like tonight with Josiah Gray. So I think this is going to be a tough series for the Phillies. It's going to be a tough one for the Nationals. But I think it's going to be a nice little gut check for how we feel about this Nationals team. They can compete. Don't get me wrong. But the time is now. We got to beat the Philadelphia Filthies. And I'm here for that to say the least. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as the Nationals play the Phillies tonight at 6.10 Eastern Time. Catch Josiah Gray and catch every pitch of the Nats Hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. All right. It's the weekend. The Nationals take on the Phillies. What could you have asked for in a better scenario than that? Stay inside. Don't let the smoke get to you. Let's watch some Nationals baseball. Go Nats.